You're listening to SBS News. A year ago, Russian President Vladimir Putin declared a special military operation was starting in Ukraine. Since Russian forces went into the country, the United Nations estimates more than 7,000 Ukrainian civilians have been killed. More than 130,000 Russians have died in combat, according to the latest figures from Ukraine's Ministry of Defence. When some 190,000 troops amassed at Ukraine's border on the 24th of February 2022, it was the largest mobilisation of troops since World War II. But the invasion didn't necessarily come as a shock to Ukrainians. Many have long felt Russia's presence, dating back to Russia's glory days in the Soviet Union, and in more recent times, the annexation of Crimea in 2014. Tetiana Pishna fled Ukraine to Australia with her 13-year-old daughter Anastasia in March last year. It was a precarious six-day journey before they could eventually fly by plane from Romania. I was in shock. Yeah, we go from Ukraine to Australia six days. Uh, it was a long, long travel. Yeah, and very hard, hardest in my life. Yes, very scary. In Ukraine was winter, minus 10, snow everywhere. It's evacuation bus to border to Romania. I was alone with my child. With Yes, I cry all this way, every minute cry. And I never cry so, so much, so many times. She says they nervously anticipated an invasion in the months before. I remember it was terrible time too. Maybe one, two months before war, people people know a lot of information from um, different countries' um, news. Uh, for example, my sister lives in Australia, and she called me one month before war in January. And she cried and say, war will come. Please uh, take your child, take the whole family and go from Ukraine, please. History shows Russia has long held colonial aspirations towards Ukraine, dating as far back as the Soviet era of Russian imperialism in the early 20th century. One of Ukraine's most significant experiences of oppression was the Holodomor, or famine, in the 1930s, where an estimated 4 to 8 million people died. Recognised last year by the European Parliament as a genocide, the man-made famine targeted peasants opposed to Stalin's collective farming – as well as try to remove Ukrainian intellectuals and public servants. Russian-occupied Crimea in southern Ukraine also has its own history of genocide targeting the Crimean Tatars, and more recently the annexation of the region in 2014. Dr Olga Boychak is a lecturer in digital studies at the University of Sydney. She has lived and worked in Ukraine as the country's youth ambassador to the United Nations in 2014. She was at the Security Council hearing when Russia vetoed the condemnation of the annexation of Crimea and says it is a reminder of the history of centuries of Russification in Ukraine. The annexation of Crimea was deliberately made to look like a non-war event. So there were uh, polite green men. They were, they had, they were wearing unidentified um, uniforms. They didn't have any insignia on them. Uh, so that was a way to execute this annexation. Of course, again, nobody wanted to anger Vladimir Putin. The war that's been happening in Ukraine since 2014 was not on international radars. Very often, it was. It seemed like it was the forgotten war. So, so this is so the escalation, the full-scale invasion that we see 
in 2022 has been the direct consequence of not being able to contain Putin in 2014 and all in all the previous invasions. Katerina Argeru is co-chair of the Australian Federation Ukrainian Organisation, and her entire family are in Ukraine, including six fighting on the front line. Until now, none had ever held a gun. Ms Argeru describes the pain of being separated from her loved ones. I can say it's the worst feeling in the world. I'm currently safe, but I'm the only one here. My entire family is in Ukraine. So that for me is the most difficult part because I wake up every day and I think about how difficult it is for them in the trenches, how cold it is in negative 15 degree weather, how um, before that it was torrential rainpour and for three weeks straight it didn't stop raining and I had my cousins in the trenches with knee-deep water. Um, They couldn't abandon their positions because they wouldn't retreat. Um, So it's the most difficult conditions that I can possibly think of for a human. That is what a part of my family is experiencing right now. Ms. Argeru lived in Ukraine as a teenager during the 2004 Orange Revolution, when Ukrainians protested against the candidacy of a Russian-endorsed Prime Minister. She says even as a teenager, she could see a hunger from Russia to stay in control of the Ukrainian government and subdue its people. So this is really nothing new, and Ukraine has been experiencing Russian aggression and influence for generations. Um, when I was living in Ukraine and, and going through the Orange Revolution, it was very clear to see that there was always this um, overarching hand and sphere of influence coming from Russia. Russia would never accept uh, Ukraine even looking in the direction, never mind moving in the direction of, of the West or Western ideals or values or wanting to have democracy or freedom. Dr. Boychak says Ukrainians have in fact been participating in civic engagement and volunteering in the war effort since 2014. This is something that has surprised uh, the world. It seems to have surprised the world how resilient Ukrainians were in the face of this full-scale invasion. But that, that's the thing, I guess, that Ukraine has been fighting this war since 2014. And since 2014, there have been networks and structures in place that have supported Ukrainian army from within the country. Uh, it is, in a way, an existential battle that for that every person is is fighting in order to be able to remain a Ukrainian citizen and, and to, to be able to have a say in what their state looks like. However, some Russians argue that Ukraine started the war in 2014 by failing to adhere to the Minsk agreements of 2014 and 2015. There were violations on both sides of the agreements, which called for immediate ceasefire and a range of other measures to halt the conflict, which began when Russian-backed separatists seized swaths of territory in Crimea. Ksenia Trifonova was born in Russia and lived there until 1990, before moving to Australia in 1998. She now runs an organisation in Sydney called From Heart to Heart, which she says has supported all Slavic civilians in the war since 2014. Ms Trifonova has Ukrainian and Russian background and says she is against the war, but is passionate about Russia reclaiming its Slavic identity. This war, it's broke our heart and Russia never started the war. The Russia tried to stop the war by agreement in the Minsk. This is our history roots, our history memory. Ukrainians all cities, it was Russians, even Crimea as well. 
it was a Russian territory before. We want to be uh, together with our Slavic brothers, with our relatives. There are also Russians opposed to Vladimir Putin's motivations. In a rare move for the authoritarian state, many Russians mobilised to protest against President Putin's partial mobilisation of civilians into the military in September last year, which was swiftly suppressed by authorities through the detaining of demonstrators. An anti-war movement called the Svoboda Alliance has evolved in Australia, as Macquarie University's research partnership manager, Galina Seredina, explains. We are not speaking on our behalf only, but we are also speaking on millions of Russians all over the world who might be afraid to speak. So many people in Australia, of course, you know, well, you take it for granted that you have an opportunity to speak, right? So everything is taken for granted. But for us, for people who are coming from this, you know, totalitarian countries, we do not take it for granted. So we think that this is indeed, you know, a privilege to speak. We, we catch this opportunity. We never miss this opportunity to speak. She was born and lived in Russia for 35 years before moving to Australia five years ago. Now, Ms Seredina and other Russians living in Australia have turned their focus to anti-war discourse and education among Russian diaspora and Australians. Katrina Stirrett, SBS News.